Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insight podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm Gabriella Yastra, standing in for Aditi today, um, who unfortunately is unwell. Um, But that's okay. I get to try something (laughs) new. Um, I'll shout out my podcasts later so you can find out who I am exactly. But uh, we're going to focus first on... Uh, my guest today and what we're going to be talking about. So today we're talking about social media versus reality. How does social media affect our sense of self, um, of re- uh, affect our sense of reality, sorry, with Dina Sargent, who is my fellow podcast host, um, and she also has a background in social media media management. Hi, Hello. welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm actually really glad to be on it and talking about this. I was really excited when I got asked because, um, yeah, I've been dealing with it for a bit. So um, anyone who's grown up in the technical technology age, they'll know just how how important this topic is, especially mm. when dealing with reality versus Instagram, for example. And it's it's so interesting to see. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. Great. Yeah. Um, in our meetings about this type of thing, I've always been very um, impressed with how much you know about this because I, I didn't really know a lot about this. I think I sort of managed to um, miss a lot of that growing up, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay because I'm going to learn about it today. But before we do, um, do you want to introduce yourself and who you are a bit more? Yes. So I am Adina Sargent, as she just said, and I also host a couple of other shows, which I will talk about <laughs> later on. We'll both go take turns to promoting it. Um, I have been going, I've been studying social media for quite a long time as well. I think for about three or four four years now. Um, And I've just gotten so interested. I did work for a marketing company for a little bit. So I did sort of get to work with clients and help promote their social media, which was a lot of fun. Um, I had, I learned a lot and especially dealing with how important social media is in terms of building your own brand and building yourself up. But for personal use, I am constantly on social media, as pretty much everyone on the team can tell you. I am posting constantly. Um, But yeah, so I am just very excited to talk about how much, how in-depth it can get and how down a wormhole you can sort of lead yourself into. Definitely. Um, But we're also going to do a section we call Have You Met Dina? Um, So please share the first things that come to your mind when you hear these words. Uh, So our first word is book. Um, For me, a book that really comes to mind is The Adventures of El Villain Hugo. It's currently the book I'm reading. Um, I'm still reading it. I've started it in December and I am still going through it. It it takes me a while because I really love to imagine myself in the characters and imagine their lives. So it takes me a while to get through a page and just really imagine how it would look in film. And somehow, no matter what book I read, I always turn it into film. So mm. it's a very interesting talent of mine. <laughs> 
See, I feel like I'm the opposite. I sometimes get so excited about reading a book. Mm-hmm. I like only read half the words on the page. Yeah. And then I'm like, I what happened? I don't understand. Why have we changed place? And I have to go back and reread the page. <laughs> oh, yes. Because I read this. I, when I was younger, I think especially I read just what the people were saying, what the characters oh. said. I didn't really read the description. Mm-hmm. But now I think because I'm studying film as well, it's a very big thing of mine to really know just how in-depth um, the descriptions can go. And that'd be really good, I think, if you ever wanted to adapt a book for a movie, if you were ever doing that, um, you would already have it already in your mind. Exactly. So if you have any, if you're a film director, you know, send a message my way and I'll help you out. Speaking of films, um, what do you think about when you hear the word movie? Movie that I like, um, it's not really a movie, but it's the first thing that sort of comes to mind. And it's when it comes to adaptations, I think I would love to talk about the book and show Normal People. Um, I really fell in love with the book when I first read it. And then when I saw the show came out, it was such an amazing thing of how amazing the adaptation was and how easily the characters really fit in with how you imagine them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that is the first thing that sort of comes to mind when I, when I hear it. So what is the book and what is the movie about? The book is basically about two people from completely different worlds. Um, One grew up really rich and one grew up a little bit poor. And she, the girl who's rich, she had a lot of trouble at home and there was not really a happy household. In comparison to the guy who grew up poor, his family, his mom loved him, is a single mother growing up. And they met because his mom was cleaning her mother's house. And that was just, it was a chance meet. It was something that um, both worlds, and it showed the differences between class structure, which is, I think was amazing. And the way that they adapted um, the visual aspects to it was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Um, I haven't watched the movie, so I'd be interested to see that. Yes, I recommend it highly. <laughs> okay. And um, do you listen to any podcasts? I do. Um, I listen to religiously. I listen to Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain. And I think I recommend that to everyone I've ever met when they're asking for a podcast recommendation. Mm -hmm. People come to me thinking that I know exactly what I'm talking about because I'm a podcast host. They think, oh, yeah, what kind of podcast you listen to? I'm like, I only listen to one. Like, that's the only podcast other than our own shows. Mm -hmm. That's the only podcast I listen to. And everything that she talks about, there's no structure to it. So she just has notes on a page of what she wants to talk about and she'll just go for it. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different structure to what we do here, but it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. That's so different from the podcasts I listen to, um, which are very structured. I really like the um, storytelling ones. Yes. Storytelling is so good. Yeah. Um, So what sets reality apart from social media? Well, going straight into it. (laughs) Um, I think reality, it doesn't, reality has a huge good and bad situation that sort of takes place. Um, I've seen a lot of people on social media, for example, who only focus on the good and who only post good things. They don't post about them. They could be smiling in the photo, but in reality, a few minutes before that, a few minutes after that, they were crying or having a 
break down for a second or just having a moment. And it was, that's such a big thing in terms of what you see, because not always what you see is what you get. And I Mm -hmm. think it's complete contrast to what you say, that phrase of what you see is what you get, because it's definitely not when it comes to social media. And I think especially when it comes to how, how people want to see you, it's very dependent and also how you want to see, how you want them to see you. So you're not always going to see the good and the bad when it comes to social media, but in reality, you are hundred mm-hmm. percent. Sorry, I think I skipped ahead too, too quickly. I was too excited for our interview to start. <laughs> um, I guess what is social media, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So social media. <laughs> okay. All right. Say it again. All right. So social media to me is a lot of different things that keep us connected to other people. And I know that's not what a lot of people use it for. A lot of people use it for building up their business, building up their brands. Um, By brands, I mean they could be that individual themselves where they see themselves as a company, as a corporation. Like, for example, just their name could be a brand. And that's what pretty much social media is to me, where it's like building up yourself in ways that you want the world to see you, whether it comes to companies, um, promotions or anything like that. That's sort of what I see as social media. Mm -hmm. And then you use social media just to promote, I guess, what you want other people to see, Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily what's actually happening there. Exactly. Okay. And, um, And that would really cause us to, I guess, be disconnected from the real life and the um, Instagram life or the social media life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how does it do that? Um, I think by, for example, what you post, like what's on your screen, for example, like if you're taking a photo, that's what's being shown. So you could have like a tidy room, a messy room in the whole area, but tidy up one section and say that that's what your space is. And I know a lot of us, like for me, I do that with meetings and stuff. There's one area that's clear <laughs> and that's the area that I use for to have a meeting. Whereas two centimeters down is where all the laundry is piling up. And that's, that's very much a sense of what's real and what's not. Um, like for example, right now <laughs> we're talking about this and it's professionally edited, professionally done, whereas you won't hear the fact that my stomach is rumbling constantly throughout the show. Like Mm -hmm. that's what you see is not always what you get. So, and I'm being completely candid with that. So like, that's the very difference between um, how social media is very different. And how does that affect, um, how does that first affect the person who it's about? So the, the, the social media user who is promoting themselves, how does it affect them? I think, for me, from what I've seen, it really affects just the type of person other people see you as. Like, for example, there's a kind of aesthetic that some person wants to be associated with. Um, like cottage core, for example. Like you're not gonna see how um you're gonna see all the cottage core dresses, the theme, but you're not gonna see the fact that they have a whole digital studio where they're editing the photos and taking control of that. Like they're mm. controlling their narrative in a sense. Yeah. And I imagine, um, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I would feel um, that I'm not being, 
you know, I have this persona that I have and then, you know, maybe you feel bad when you're not being that persona because um, hmm. you're not living up to who you're pretending to be, I guess. Yeah, I, and I think it comes with a lot of like the first thing we said that that came to mind was the fact that when celebrities sort of they're seen as the all-American girl and then suddenly in reality they're out partying or doing all these things and they're not really acting like the whole narrative that they're trying to associate themselves with. Mm. And what about for people who are, you know, watching these people? How mm. does it affect them? I think it affects how you're supposed to act, like the whole idea of what you're supposed to do, um, especially with dealing with um, the different ways that you can sort of character, your si character yourself as. Um, if you're wanting to be famous, if you're wanting to be a celebrity yourself, you're suddenly going to go and do all those things that celebrities are also going to do and follow trends and things like that, especially now with how popping social media, like for example, TikTok is, um, those dances that got Charlie D'Amelio famous, for example, other people are going to try to copy it, also try to get that kind of fame or even their 15 minutes of fame that sort of comes attached with the audio or with Charlie D'Amelio's name. And is social media altering our perceptions of what is true and real? Yes, it really is. It's really hard to sort of know what the truth is. And I know especially when it comes to the way that we portray ourselves, I think, I mean, when you take a photo of a situation or someone, you're not going to go and try to take a photo of them that's really bad to post. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm eating halfway and it looks like I'm eating. You're going to be trying to make it look pretty or you're trying to like, for example, if you're taking a photo of them eating fries at a beach, you're not going to have a photo of them eating fries. You're going to have a photo of them holding a fry up by a beach. And that's just, it's definitely characterizing, seeing how our cells are. And we're a lot more self-conscious when it comes to that, because we're a lot more self-aware of the fact that if we post a bad photo, we're not going to get that many views we're not going to get that many likes where um our likability is very much attached to how the photo comes out or how the video comes out so we're a lot more self-conscious of how we act in public and how we act on social media and what happens if someone releases something that doesn't live up to who everyone thinks they are what can happen well it depends on their sort of famous sort of the word famous attached to them but there are sort of like there are photos that just don't get the amount of traction for example they don't get the amount of feedback or um I mean you see those apology videos for after something is they've done something that they shouldn't do um there's a lot of stuff that they attach themselves to that something they're apologizing for because they're just not that's not who you thought they are like for example um the first thing that came to mind was jake paul's situation years ago um oh no i think it was logan paul years ago mm -hmm. and then him having to post the apology for that um because it's not something that they thought anyone thought he would ever do so there's a lot of things that people have to go and um pretty much just try to take back as quickly as I can. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we lose sight of pe that people are still human, these social media stars? Because um, mm -hmm. I find that, you know, people dredge up these old videos of people 
being mean, saying not nice things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people should say those things or they should be forgiven. But a lot of it's from when they're, you know, quite young, you know, 18. They're not really adults yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess is that – do we do we forget that people are human? We think that they're perfect. I, I think we quickly – create role models out of people that are still human. Like you said, they're still learning how to be in the world. And we make role models out of people way too quickly, I think, nowadays. Because of social media, there's so many people that you can model your character from. Um, But they're still going to stuff up. And if they stuff up, doesn't mean that you follow them, but it also means that you don't sort of hate them for how they were. for me, there's that whole sort of situation where you're having to judge that person's character and how you ever used to be associated with them or ever used to sort of hype them up in comments or stuff and things like that. And there's a lot that goes into that because you're realizing that, okay, they're not the perfect human. They're not the perfect person. They're not going to be brilliant. And honestly, that's why I hate the term role model, mm-hmm. especially every time I hear it. I'm just like, so who's your role model? I'm like, well, I don't really have one because the role model is for me. I've always seen the role model is who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And your character is very much going to be developed by that. It's not going to be developed by someone else. You're basically becoming that person, not the version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your role model is you, but better? You, me in like 10 years time. Mm -hmm. So every decade is going to be a role model of the next decade. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And do people, why do people use social media to avoid reality? I think along with that, I think I said earlier about connectivity as Mm -hmm. to how social media can get. I think people, especially during lockdown, people relied on social media in order to make friends, to see people, and suddenly we're all still relying on that. And I know, for example, my sister, she's was never a gamer until she met a group of her friends, and now she's gaming with her friends and she's having fun, and that's that's her way of connecting mm-hmm. with the world. She still goes out, but she she still has a sense of reality, but that's her that's her life and mm-hmm. and she's gained so much more confidence from that and that it's weird that especially um how people of older generations see how social media can be so damaging and I, I get that I really do but I think it has that whole vibe of us connecting with the community us connecting with the world and seeing different cultures and how different cultures are. Because I know I follow a lot of um, people from Japan cooking and I've learned to cook a little bit more and because of that, because I'm following the videos that allow it to be like that. So it's amazing just how connected people are together. Um, I think I was a little bit... I I think that when I was growing up, um, there was very much the don't talk to people on the internet. They're all out to get you. Um, And so I was always too scared to make friends with anyone on the internet. (laughs) And so I'm very impressed actually with the people, with people who've met people on the internet and they're actually genuine friends. And I sometimes, 
I think that's really cool as well. Um, yeah. But I'm also terrified. Oh, I'm so scared. Yeah. I When it comes to the, the gaming where you can sort of talk with someone else from some part of the world, that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. Like I would never go to that extent. For mm-hmm. me, when it comes to like Instagram and TikTok, if they have like a good screening, pro- go through, okay, the screening process that I've sort of set in place with myself, then um, if they're like mutual friends of other people, then mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. But okay. I never actually talk to someone that I've never met before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, send me a photo of yourself if you're real. That's the only way to do it. But yeah, I think when I was younger, I I was too scared as well. Mm-hmm. Like there was even a game I used to play with my sister. Like it's a multiplayer game uh, called Free Realms. And I used to love going onto it and playing it but I never added anyone onto it because like, I'm just like, imagine if you're like a 43 year old man talking to a 13 year old girl, that's not something I want to deal with. Yeah. So I think that, I think if it comes to the way technology is now and that there is a whole lot easier way to, for example, TikTok, like you can't really hide behind a fake person of a video of a person dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very obvious about who you are. So I think there's ways that we've learned to sort of counter the fact that the fear of talking to someone online. Yeah. Definitely. But I don't recommend it to kids. Okay. Never. Like if you're our ages, then go for it. I think that's mm. a cool way of meeting someone. But um, I do have a couple of friends that I've never met in person and hopefully I will meet them very soon. Um, but yeah, for kids, I think definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit different, I think, when you're kids. And how old would you say a kid is in this situation? Oh, I think a kid is till 18. Okay, so anyone 18 or younger, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> it never goes well. <laughs> um, and do you have a practice that you um, use to deal with the negative effects of social media? I would love to say that I'm constantly using the practice. I do have one. It's to just... Um, hang on. I feel like a burp coming on. (laughs) Give me a second. Okay. All right. We're good. All right. It's false alarm. So I do have a practice. It's to just somehow turn my phone off. And for everyone, it seems like it's such an easy thing to turn your phone off or... Um, I used to have it on silent and it never used to work because I saw, I saw a little notification pop up there and I'm just like, okay, I have to see what it is. But now it's honestly to either turn my phone off or let my battery die. That's when I know I've had enough of being on my phone. Um, cause if I've, if I've used it till my battery dies and I'm at home all day, there is something seriously wrong with me. Mm. So it is, it's so relieving when your phone dies cause you have to wait until it charges in order for you to, you to use it again. So that's just the way that I love to sort of screen myself into not using it so much. Mm. Um, I've been trying to work on an assignment recently and yeah. I found that I'm just on my phone constantly. So I keep going up to my partner and saying, take my phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I had someone to take my phone away. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's me, myself and I to do it. And I've got so many things set up on my phone to like limit my um, social media use. 
it's not working. It doesn't work. It's no, not working. no matter how app, how many apps you download in order to help, mm. there's one that I used to use, and it used to just you have a certain time limit, say like sixty minutes for the whole day for you to use it, and then lock it, and it turns it locks everything until the next day, which pissed me off because I couldn't even go to go and delete it. <laughs> Delete, oh, uninstall the app and I freaked out. I'm like, how am I supposed to get back? <laughs> That's the thing is like I have a friend as well who's got a, like a 60 minute limit or something on their phone yeah. a day. But it would get to the end of the day. We're out and about messaging people to meet up and their phone keeps telling them they can't use their phone anymore. And yep. it's like it's good. Yeah. If. That's what if you're only using your phone for doing that kind of stuff. But if it, you're actually trying to do work or um, you're actually trying to meet with someone yes. um, or you're Google Mapsing home. Yep. No, exactly. You really need your phone in those situations. I did not like it at all. The minute the next day came along, I was uninstalling that so quickly. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> um, so so you you take your phone and you let your battery run out or you mm -hmm. turn your phone off. Do you do that every day? I do that most days. I don't charge it unless I'm out. So if I'm at uni, for example, I'll charge it off my laptop and that's the only way that I know. If I'm home, I sort of just try to not care so much about it. Mm -hmm. um, unless a friend is needing me or some situation where I'm needed there, that's the only time I would use it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I try to limit it as much as I possibly can and how does it impact your life oh it freaks me out too much <laughs> way too much to not be on it because I think especially after I was never really addicted to my phone until I think lockdown hit and then you're just constantly that's your kind of relief um it kind of became my emotional support <laughs> kind of thing um, that, is, that is until I upgraded my laptop and now my laptop is the one thing I could not live without. So, but my phone is definitely something that I'm, I'm always struggling and always trying to find new ways to sort of go through, uh, especially being person who uses social media constantly, who needs to find out the new trends that come out, come around then. Yeah, that is definitely something that I am, um, also trying to deal with I'm not an expert by any way by any means but um yeah I love different ways so if you guys know any new ways that I could try out send them send them my way yeah so I definitely same thing with lockdown as well um I found that my social media use on my phone just skyrocketed and I don't it's coming down very slowly yep yeah um and yeah personally I don't think it helps my mental health at all no it it really doesn't because now you're mm. just like that's the way that you know because that's a routine that's mm. sort of imprinted on your brain. At some point I started going on my phone immediately after I woke up and it's now a habit Yeah, and I don't know how to change. I mean, I know how to change it, but I also don't want to change it. Yeah. Well, for me, I unlock my phone for no reason at all. Now I just unlock it and I'm like, oh, there's nothing. Mm. Okay, turn it off. But I need to just constantly check it. And yeah. that's something that I'm now realizing that I need to deal with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, now we've got the open mic section. Yes. Um, so did you have a um, topic that you were thinking about talking about? Um, I was going to talk about the benefits of managing social media mm -hmm. um, and of the benefits of using social media. 
Um, like we said, this is going to be my perspective. It's not going to be any research-based kind of thing. This is just basically of what I've learned over the few years that I've been working through it. Um, I love social media and I think it's very obvious to say, <laughs> I think it's a very obvious thing for me to say that I do. I love how it's been for mental health and I know we're talking about how bad it is for mental health, mm -hmm. but I think in terms of what I was saying earlier about connectivity and people staying involved with the world, I've seen it grow so much into from being a negative thing that everyone hated to being a positive outlet. And I know there's, it comes with risk and it comes with whole different kinds of can of worms as to when's enough enough. Um, but for me, I love using it. And the reason I still constantly use it is because of the way that it's built for people to understand people. Um, and I'm like going to be referring to TikTok a little bit now in terms of how great it's been in sort of motivating people. Like there's a lot of influencers out there who have a lot of positive things to bring mm -hmm. to people's mindsets. And I know we deal with so many negativity on our own. We don't need people to sort of talk about negativity anyway, but to have people sort of feel like sunshine when you're talking, when you're hearing their videos or watching them do their thing. Um, there's one creator that I would love to refer to and it's called, she's, her name is Anna Sitar. And she started out as being known as Starby's Girl, for example. And she started going to Starbucks, um, just filming herself going to Starbucks and ordering something that Oh, anything that makes asking the barista, can you make me anything that you think looks like sunshine? Mm -hmm. And then she asked different things every single time she went and she became famous for that, mm -hmm. just for doing that little thing about something different that you hear every that you don't really do. Normally you have that set, that set order menu and now she's asking for something completely different. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to sort of see someone do something out of the ordinary and just bring up everyone's day for and I think during lockdown she was definitely the thing that I loved to watch and sort of say okay cool I can get out of bed today okay it's a reason for me to go for a walk now so yeah there is a lot of I know that people say that there's a lot of negativity that comes on social media especially when it comes to your mindset and your mental health and I completely understand that because me staring at my phone for too long doesn't do anything with the world but seeing that little pump that it's given me out of talking myself out of anxiety is a little bit of a thing that I'm now finding ways to deal with because mm -hmm. I can sort of, I have affirmations that I can sort of rely on to talk about. So having that is something that I think is so different to what we used to see when it comes to dealing, talking yourself out of things or talking yourself into things. Mm. I, I do remember reading a study that mm -hmm. showed that, um, there are both positives and negatives to, you know, social media. Mm -hmm. And it's the people who um, view but don't interact have, who have the worst mental health, whereas people who actually interact and use social media to connect with people mm -hmm. have actually much better mental health. So it just depends on how you use social media yeah, and not necessarily social media itself. Um, and just on your part about 
creators creating beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that really keeps me addicted to social media is the fact that some of the things on there are so great. I love seeing people's creativity. Yes. And seeing that people think some of the th- same things as me or introduce me to new ideas mm-hmm. um, or just funny cat videos that make me smile. Yeah, exactly. Those, those are the things that keep me coming back. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's a bit like um, one of those spirals with um, – you know, with gambling, what keeps you interested in gambling um, is the addiction. Is yeah. it the, what what creates the addiction? Is it's mostly bad, but occasionally get something really good. Yeah, and it's that um, it's the random spontaneity of the great stuff that yeah. keeps you going back. Yeah, if it was predictable, you wouldn't care about it so much. No, it's all based on chance, and I think yeah. that's that's the amazing thing about it. So definitely good things, um, but also that's what what makes it so addictive. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's an addict, a very addictive thing. I mean, yeah. I, we spent a whole hour talking about it yeah. now, so it is pretty addictive. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think with every bad thing, there is a good thing. And with mm-hmm. every negativity, there is a way to sort of stop it, like managing mm-hmm. how much of use it is. I mean, I've now learned that I can't spend my whole day on it as much as I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I'm not a creator. I'm pretty much just someone who does it for fun. So yeah. um, it's not something I get paid to do, which I mean, would be the dream. I mean, it would make, if it would, you could, that would be your entire life. But yeah, it's something that just helps you have a little bit more of fun in your life. So mm-hmm. The way that I use it, at least, I definitely don't use it for business of any sort because I could not try to manage myself with business. It's yeah. not something I could do at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to do social media for that. <laughs> I just post pictures of my cat. Yes, it's an amazing cat, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Love the cat. Um, yeah, so... Um, I don't know if I'm going to shout at my cat's Instagram. I don't think I will. No, it's fine. But if people want to learn more about you and what you do, um, where can they find you? Um, you could find me on Instagram. Um, it's at Dina Sargent. It's very, very simple and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm on there. I'm also, um, if you want to talk to me, then, yeah, probably just DM me on there and we can chat mm-hmm. yeah and you're also um you also have your own shows as well yes yes I almost forgot about that part yeah <laughs> um yeah so I have I host two shows with KPI as well um they're called they're both parenting and family so it's very different to what we're talking about now um it's called the family is all together and parenting is raising parents they're it's basically, I mean, what it is based on family and based on parenting. But we have some amazing guests. We have Gabriella also joining me on some episodes as well. So definitely go and, yeah, check that out. Yeah, and you probably want to know um, who I am yes. and um, why I'm hosting this show today. Um, so I'm also with um, LMSL mm-hmm. um, and I do two shows about um, the home. So the first one's called Room by Room. It's a home organization podcast. And the other one is On the House, which is a household management podcast. Um, And so on those shows, we like talking about anything related to the home. So bathroom organization, kitchen organization, but also cooking and meal planning, cleaning, laundry, all those things that you want to make your home life a little bit better. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, just coming in to help Aditi out today. Um, but it's really great, I think, to get to learn a little bit more about the different areas as well, because while I love being at home, it's not the only thing in my life. <laughs> Maybe you can manage your cat's Instagram too. No, that's my partner's job. Oh, okay. There you go then. <laughs> I don't want any more. I've got my own personal one and that's just for stuff that I've been making. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out the podcasts um, if you liked listening to us today. Um, if not, then thank you for listening to uh, this podcast and um, thank you for Dina to, for joining me. Yes, and thank you for having me on and hopefully Aditi will be back for regular programming very soon. Yes. You've been listening to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can also be found on our website at pe.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kutti. Thanks for tuning in.